Now it's time for Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf, the number one relationship advice radio show in the U.S. Brought to you by MembraceInLife.com, the number one vaginal moisture supplement. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Ask Dr. Love. It is my pleasure to be with you again today, and a special hello to my audience in the studio for today's live stream. You can use the chat option if you want to shoot me a question or a comment, or you can use the reaction tab to raise your hand if you want to speak with me live. Later in the show, I'm going to be answering some questions that were submitted to me at AskDrLove.com. And remember, you can submit your questions to AskDrLove.com forward slash question. The Ask Dr. Love show is also live streaming right now on my YouTube channel. That's Ask Dr. Love YouTube. And today's show recording is going to air the following Thursday through Saturday over my local terrestrial radio stations in New York, Chicago, Boston, San Francisco, and Atlanta. Your local station call letters and numbers and the airing schedule is on the upcoming radio show page on Ask Dr. Love. And also the local stations live stream through their websites and Atlanta goes out over iHeart. You can also watch the TV show version on Binge Networks TV. Just go to AskDrLove.com and you'll see the Binge TV show tab on the top menu. And if you can't catch the live stream show, which I know a lot of you can't because you're working at this time of day, show recordings are available to you at no charge at AskDrLove.com. Just choose the radio tab and the Ask Dr. Love radio show archives will be available to you where you can grab the show recordings using all the podcasting apps like Spotify, Anchor, all of them. So business aside, today we're talking about why listening is so important and why listening is the soil in which love grows. So I want to start with a story that's going to give you an example of what not listening looks and sounds like. And by the way, just for simplicity, I'm going to say he or she. And I know that this is not PC in some circles, but I want you to know that the emotional communication principles I share with you in the Ask Dr. Love show and at my website have been researched and tested by me over the decades. And the methods I share with you are proven to resolve conflict and restore connection for the majority of gay and straight, young and old, single and married, male, female, and gender gender neutral non-binary people. And my methods will also work with your friends, family members, and coworkers. So as long as you have a pulse, my techniques are going to work for you. So here's a little story that's going to kick off our listening 101 crash course. Sarah woke up. She was in a sunny mood. Today, she was going to have lunch at her favorite restaurant with her best friend. But her mood rapidly clouded when she tripped on her husband's dirty clothes, crumpled on the floor beside the bed. In the bathroom, she found a wet towel thrown in the tub and toothpaste globs in the sink. And her anger began rising like mercury in the sun. She breathed deeply, counted to 50, and headed for the kitchen, where she was faced with a table littered with crumbs and an empty milk carton saluting her from the counter and dirty dishes in the sink. So she reached for the phone and she pounded out her husband's work number and he answered with a cheerful, hello. And she chimes in, you've done it again. He goes, what's your problem? I'm not your maid. That's my problem. How many times have I asked you to pick up after yourself? He says, you're off the wall. Maybe you should see a shrink. You got nerve calling me a nut, you pig. She shouts into a deadline. Well, needless to say, Sarah was now in a very, very bad mood. And her hubby isn't feeling too happy either. So what went wrong in my little example? Well, for starters, Sarah and her husband were clearly not listening to each other during this quote unquote exchange. Now, I always say God gave us two ears and one mouth so that we will listen more and speak less. So why do you need to listen more and talk less? Because on the road to conflict resolution, listening is the super highway. And I bet you won't be surprised to know that listening is nearly absent in conflicted relationships. Our world and our relationships are in chaos. We're all suffering a global listening deficit. And not surprisingly, 
conflict is running rampant in every corner of our world because we've not been taught conflict resolution skills. When a conflict arises, discussions cycle out of control and no resolution occurs because nobody's listening to anybody. And the lack of resolution leaves you terminally ticked off, which means that the next time your hot topic resurfaces, you are more likely to blast the other person rather than initiate a constructive conversation. But when you come at another person with both barrels blazing, the receiver's natural reaction is to put up his dukes rather than prick up his ears. And when you don't feel heard, you turn up the volume, hoping to blast the wax from the other person's ears. But the louder you get, the less the other person listens. So instead, the person who's being blasted resorts to defending, justifying, and counterblaming. And this infuriates you even more. So you crank up the volume and no surprise, the receiver becomes even more deaf, more defensive, and more confrontational. And in no time, you have a major vicious cycle on your hands. So you must be wondering at this point, how the heck can I break free of this cycle? The answer is learn to listen to each other. Now, before I teach you how to do that, we have to identify and eliminate the three behaviors that are polar opposites of good listening. And they are defending, justifying, and counterattacking or turning the tables. So let me give you an example of each of these three. This is what defending and justifying looks like. Mary tells Peter that she's hurt because he forgot her birthday. And instead of listening and understanding her pain, he defends and justifies his mistake by saying, I had a good reason for forgetting. I got caught up preparing our taxes and I forgot to check my calendar. No dice, right? Now, here's an example of counterattacking. Mary tells John that she is upset because he forgot to take his turn grocery shopping. And instead of listening and understanding, John counterattacks by saying, well, you forgot to wash my laundry yesterday. Well, why do so many people resort to defending, justifying, and counterattacking instead of just listening? Well, what you need to know is that in distressed relationships, listening has been lacking for so long that the parties feel starved to be heard and not trusting that the other is going to listen, they both jump in at the same time, jumping in for airtime, shoving their points down each other's throats. But listening is the cement of a happy marriage or relationship. So to, to avoid breakups and divorce, you have to vow to move heaven and earth to do a better job of truly hearing and listening to each other. So how do you become a good listener? In order to make this vow a reality, you and the person you're conflicting with have to take turns being the speaker and the listener. And the next time a conflict arises, you let the person with the gripe have what I call the emotional right of way to speak first. But don't worry, the listener's gonna get his or her turn to be heard too. Because when the speaker feels completely heard and understood, it's time to switch roles. And the way you do this is after you have done the job of listening, you say, have I completely heard and understood you? And then if the other person says yes, then you can switch and start saying what you want to be heard and understood. So it's really important for me to tell you at this point that being a good listener is more than passing a hearing test. If a listener just sits quietly and says nothing in response to what's being said, the speaker's gonna think that he or she is talking to a gerbil. Good listeners convey in various ways that they have heard and they have understood what has been said. So to become a good listener, both you and the other person have to learn to convey that you have heard and understood what you've been told. And to do this, you need to master three skills. And these three skills are called mirroring, restating, and questioning to clarify. So first, let me give you an example of what mirroring is. The listener restates exactly what's been said, 
And the listener has to be careful not to overuse this skill or else you're going to sound like Polly the parrot. So here's what mirroring sounds like. The speaker says, I'm so sad that my boss is retiring. And the listener says, you're sad that your boss is retiring. A direct mirror. Okay. Now, restating the second skill, the, in restating, the listener repeats in his or her own words what the speaker has said. So the speaker says, I'm so sad that my boss is retiring. And now the listener says, your boss's retirement really has you down, huh? Now, here's the third and the most important thing. The skill is questioning to clarify. So in questioning to clarify, the listener, the listener questions not challenges the speaker to make sure he or she is clear on what the speaker has said. And if the listener has understood, the speaker confirms that fact. And if the listener is off the mark, the speaker restates his or her position. And once again, the listener asks questions until there is a meeting of minds. And if you were to diagram the questioning to clarify skill, it would look like loops within loops. The listener's job is just to keep looping back until the speaker and the listener are on the same page, meaning that the listener has completely understood the speaker. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, I'll demonstrate for you how to do the questioning to clarify skill using the five questions. Hi, it's Dr. Jamie Turndorf here. Are you feeling stressed out or suffering panic attacks, aches and pains or stiff muscles, low energy, angry outbursts or disturbed sleep? Or are you worried or depressed or feeling hopeless, like the world is coming to an end? Or are you not eating right or exercising or falling into self-damaging or addictive behaviors like binging on junk food, TV, or the internet? Or abusing drugs or alcohol, figuring what's the point? Or maybe work is getting on your last nerve or your relationships are falling apart? If you said yes to any of my questions, you are likely suffering what I call the new global PTSD pandemic stress syndrome triggered by the coronavirus pandemic. Don't despair. My energetic system upgrade is your rescue remedy for the panic epidemic that is plaguing our world. The energetic system upgrade has already changed the lives of some of today's top leaders. Now you can experience your own energetic system upgrade healing transformation. I'm offering a limited number of discounted sessions for my radio listeners. Visit AskDrLove.com forward slash energetic system upgrade. Don't wait. Visit AskDrLove.com forward slash energetic system upgrade. Attention, ladies. Dryness is canceled. Are you tired of dealing with painful sex due to vaginal dryness? Are you ready to get back on your bike or hit the tennis court with your girlfriends without having to worry about the discomfort caused by dryness? Whether it's menopause-related, medication-related, or something you've just dealt with for so long that you've accepted it as a fact of life, Membracin Life Sciences may be your long-awaited answer. A nutritional supplement taken daily that is completely estrogen-free and clinically studied, Membracin Vitality Pearls have helped over 500,000 women worldwide take their lives back. Just check out the 3,000-plus customer reviews on Amazon. Visit MembraceInLife.com to learn more and use code LOVE for 15% off your first month. Give it 90 days and say goodbye to vaginal dryness. Welcome back to Ask Dr. Love. I'm Dr. Jamie Turndorf, and we're talking about how you can perfect your listening skills because listening is the soil in which love grows. And right before we took the break, I said I was going to show you how to use the questioning to clarify and the five questions technique to really convey to the other person that you have heard and understood what he or she is saying. So to develop, in, to develop the questioning to clarify skill, you want to deliver a feeling statement and have the person you are speaking with ask five clarifying questions. You could actually practice this. You have the person deliver a feeling statement and then you ask five questions. So here's an example. The speaker says, I was really upset today. And the listener asks question one, did I do something? So here you're questioning rather than jumping to conclusions. Now the speaker says in a clarifying statement, not at all. So now the listener asks question two, well, if it wasn't me, then who upset you? Now the speaker says, another clarifying statement. I really need a few minutes to calm down before we talk. Now the listener asks question three. So are you telling me to leave you alone? So you're not jumping to conclusions. You're checking before acting upon a potentially wrong interpretation. 
Now the speaker says another clarifying statement. No, don't go. Maybe you could just give me a hug and comfort me. So now the listener asks the fourth question, the fourth clarifying question. Sure, when you say and comfort me, was there something besides the hug that would comfort you? Now the speaker makes another clarifying statement. Yeah, a massage would be nice after a hug. And then the listener says in the last clarifying question, number five, massage and a hug and that's it. And then the speaker says, that would be great. Now, had the listener in my last example not asked the five clarifying questions, you can see how easily he or she could have misinterpreted the speaker's communications. And you know, misinterpretations often turn to disaster because many people act upon their false assumptions, which compounds the issue and makes everything so much worse. So I can't stress enough the relationship saving importance of learning the questioning to clarify process along with the five questions text techniques. So just really make that your home and you're gonna see tremendous improvements in your relationships. Now, I also wanna just give you a word of caution. A good listener doesn't pass judgment on what the speaker is saying. I can't tell you how many times listeners tell me, but I don't agree with how she feels. And I always caution the listener that feelings are not right or wrong. Feelings are like the wind. They blow east, they blow west, they blow north, they blow south. You never think of saying to the wind, you're wrong to blow east. Well, the same applies to feelings. They need to be understood and they need to be accepted and nothing more. Now, let's take a moment to talk about what I call listening roadblocks. Sometimes listeners fail when attempting to listen because we simply can't understand why the speaker feels the way he or she does about a given situation. So if you, if you find it hard to understand why the speaker feels the way he or she does about a given situation, I'm gonna give you an exercise that's gonna help you put yourself on what I call the other person's emotional side of the fence. The technical name for this is partial identification. The more you partially identify with the person who's speaking and put yourself on that person's emotional side of the fence, the better you're gonna be able to listen and understand. So to do this, Forget the particular situation that is upsetting the speaker. Forget the thing and focus instead on the feelings the speaker is having. And then think of a situation that has triggered similar feelings in you. So when you're on the same emotional page as the speaker, you're going to find it easier to identify with and listen to the speaker's feelings. Now, guilt is another big time common listening roadblock, especially for men. When a man finds out that he said or did something to upset someone, especially a cherished, beloved life partner or spouse, all his bells and whistles go off because males are hardwired. They're biologically programmed to protect and care for their partners and offspring. So telling a guy that he said or did something that upsets you makes him feel that he failed in his job as a man and husband or life partner. So this means his guilt is going to be on overdrive. And guilt causes him to switch into the other role that he is socialized to play, the doer and the fixer. So now he makes it his job to make your boo-boo go bye-bye. But unfortunately, since men have not been socialized in general to handle the emotional side of life, the guy is clueless on how to handle the boo-boo, how to fix your pain. So the poor guy resorts to sentences like, don't feel that way, or don't be upset. Or maybe he tries to explain or justify, which of course makes you not feel heard and understood. And then you get into another cycle and downward spiral. So all these responses infuriate most women. And being told to get over it is majorly annoying when all you want is to be heard and understood. So please have have patience for your guilt-riddled macho man. Remember, he only wants to make you feel better. He loves you and he doesn't know how to, about, how to go about doing so. So now I'm going to give you a sentence that's going to help most men grasp that the way to fix your pain is to simply listen and understand nothing more. This is what I call my put a sock in it and just listen. 
method. So here's how to get this instruction across. I know you tell the guy, I know you want me to feel better. Just listening is all I need. No advice, no suggestions. Try what I suggest and see what happens. If he still finds it hard to listen to you, then the following hypothetical situation that I'm going to share with you may really help your guy understand what you need. You can use this metaphor example. If you accidentally trip over my foot and you break it, my foot still hurts and I need to be consoled. I know you didn't mean to hurt me or upset me, but I still need you to understand my pain. See what I mean? Makes sense, right? Now, I have a couple um, folks. I just want to make sure one of the people that I see in my waiting room, I'm going to be getting to your question soon. But I also want you to feel free at any point to use the chat or raise your hand under the reaction tab if you have any comments or questions you want to share with me. Let's take a brief break. We'll be back in a moment on Ask Dr. Love. Hi, it's Dr. Jamie Turndorf. Did you know only one stress, one accident, or one illness can trigger PTSD? And did you know that all the stress associated with the pandemic has created what I call the new global PTSD pandemic stress syndrome? And don't be so quick to say, I don't have PTSD, because many conditions like depression, anxiety, pain syndrome, sleep disorders, and sexual dysfunctions are PTSD in disguise. And don't be fooled. Even after the pandemic is behind us, your PTSD will not go away by itself. Hope is in sight. In my latest book, If You Think You Don't Have PTSD, Think Again, I share a simple, research-backed, drug-free program for reversing the new global PTSD pandemic stress syndrome, a solution your doctor doesn't likely know about. Read If You Think You Don't Have PTSD, Think Again today and be on the road to recovery right away. If You Think You Don't Have PTSD, Think Again became a number one international bestseller within 24 hours of its publication. Grab your copy on Amazon and find out why. Attention, ladies and gentlemen. Dryness is canceled. Have the events in your bedroom become less than eventful? Is libido a thing of your past? Enter Membracin Vitality Pearls, the number one selling vaginal moisture supplement. Let's hear what some real customers are saying. Finally, so happy to feel relief from the dryness I was experiencing. 58 years young and so happy to be intimate with my husband again, says Gail. And from Mr. S., I imagine you don't get many reviews from men, but after searching for something, anything that would help with my wife's dryness, we found Membracin. It's been about four months now, and what a difference it has made, not only for her comfort, but also for her libido. We've been enjoying each other almost daily. Don't let dryness and painful sex limit your relationship. Give Membracin Vitality Pearls a try for 90 days. Visit MembracinLife.com for more information and use code LOVE for 15% off your first month. Hello again, and welcome back to Ask Dr. Love. I want to do a nice little shout out to my engineer, Bob, because I took that break one minute early, and he was so on it, he just flowed right into the, the commercials. Bob's a real pro. So before we took the break, we were talking about listening roadblocks and why it's so important to identify all your roadblocks to listening. And I want to give you an example of another one that is more subtle, but more common than you'd think. A patient told me that she came home late one day and sensed that her husband was worried that she had been playing around with another guy. Now, this is an instance when listening with the third ear, your heart, is just what the doctor ordered. So to do this, she would need to say aloud what she senses her husband is feeling and encourage him to talk about it. So to do this, she would say, I sense that you're worried that I'm playing around. Now, I asked my patient if she did this, and she said, no. <laughs> and I could feel her resistance. And this is a listening roadblock. She had a real listening roadblock to giving her husband this gift of listening and understanding where he was coming from. And it's all the more difficult to do when you're feeling accused, especially falsely accused, which naturally gets your back up and then you want to defend and justify. So, you know, there's a, you know, those five agreements. One of the five is take nothing personally. So if you're able to step back and realize that when people are speaking to you, they're really talking out loud to themselves. It's not about you or your fidelity or any of these things. It's just a matter of somebody is insecure and afraid to be cheated on. 
and you're getting the fallout of the other person's problems. So take nothing personally. It's a wonderful, wonderful lesson to live by in intimate relationships. So I realized instantly what this woman's roadblock was. Nobody ever listened to her as a kid. She took care of everyone when she was young, and now she just wants to be taken care of rather than care for her husband or anyone. So what this woman needs to realize is when you listen to and understand your partner's feelings, you are taking care of yourself because when your partner feels emotionally heard and understood, he or she is going to want to offer you the same gift in return. What you give is what you receive. So this is the formula for relationship happiness. So I've mentioned only a few of the many roadblocks to good listening and you're going to find a complete discussion of how to overcome all the impasses to good listening in my first Hay House book, Kiss Your Fights Goodbye. So far, I've introduced you to the topic of good listening and given you some ideas on how to overcome listening blocks. But I also want to let you know that you have a huge say in whether the person you're conflicting with listens to you or not. Because if you attack another person, he or she is going to go deaf. So the point is... It's your job to communicate your thoughts and feelings in a way that makes the other person want to listen to you or not. How to communicate in a way that makes the other person want to listen and understand is going to be the subject of the show that I'm going to bring you in the next couple of weeks. So make sure you tune in for the follow-up show on this topic. So now I'm going to get to some questions. All right. And I again say to all the people who are live in the studio, if you have any comments or questions for me, feel free to chat, put something through the chat or raise your hand. And by the way, you're, um, um, I'm, I'm going to ask you to, uh, if you want, you can change your name, your, your pictures or not, your faces aren't visible. So nobody will know it's you who's speaking. Nobody will know. We've got screen names and other things. You're completely anonymous here. All right. So here's the first question. Hey, I'm really confused in my so-called relationship with a woman I met on Match almost a month ago. For the first week, we spent hours chatting and calling each other, sometimes four to five hours on the phone, where I figured I may have finally found the one. We laughed. We bantered sexually. We were happy. She texted and emailed me every day with a text, good morning, handsome. I was thinking about you last night. I finally met her after one week. She just couldn't wait to see me. And when I met her, it became very intimate where she kept asking me why I was still single. The reason why I am still single is that I was engaged for four years to my ex-fiance where the relationship went south when she didn't get her way. Relationships are meant to have both parties work their problems together. When she was informed that I wouldn't allow her access to my bank account until after we were married, she left me. I then had to work two jobs, seven days a week, paying child support for about 14 years, and there was no way I could meet any woman in a relationship. I had to declare bankruptcy, and now I am financially stable with a well-paying job and a solid career, finally. When I met this woman online after one week, she stopped asking me about how I was and how I am doing. We still talk, but the intensity and passion seem to have stopped. I've been wanting to keep up the conversation with her because I think she is awesome raising an eight-year-old with shared parenting with her ex-boyfriend. Supposedly, he cheated on her, and she has not married anyone in over 10 years. She is busy working as a manager and works long hours. We call and talk to each other, but not with the same passion we used to. Sometimes I feel I have to initiate the conversation and keep it going with limited responses back, which sometimes I feel that frustration since we had such a spark at the beginning. But now I don't know how to approach her since I've only known her for a month now. She's talked about wanting to be married again, and I have never been married in my life. I really don't know what to say now since things have changed. Should I walk away slowly? Or is she just trying to feel me out? I got the chance to meet her eight-year-old, and he seems to be a wonderful kid. I would love to have him as my stepson. She has mentioned that another boyfriend cheated her out of money, so I don't know if she is just playing me along or what other motives she has I am unaware of. I'm just looking for the missing puzzle piece. 
of my life. Well, thank you very, very much for asking me this really wonderful detailed question. And I'm also really super impressed that you are so open to the idea of having her son as your son. That shows what a big heart you have. Now, I do understand your confusion because your initial interactions with this woman were very passionate. And the woman clearly has a lot of bag baggage. She chose two men who mistreated her. One who cheated on her outright, the other cheated her out of money. So she seems to be locked in a pattern of choosing men who abuse her. So I wanna take a second to explain about an unconscious mechanism called the repetition compulsion and show you how it applies to this woman. So we human beings have a built-in unconscious program that drives us to repeat our most damaging and painful childhood relationships. Not because we're gluttons for punishment, but because we are wired to restage these traumas from our past, especially our childhood, in the hopes of achieving what I call our happy ending. So the first step in the restating process is to choose a partner who emotionally resembles the person, usually a parent, that we had the most difficulty with when we were kids. And we hope that if we're really good and we're really loving, our partner will give us all the emotional goodies that we didn't receive from the parent we had trouble with. And if we can succeed in obtaining these goodies from our partner, it will feel as though we are finally receiving the love we always dreamed of getting from our parent. But the problem with the repetition compulsion is that it rarely, if ever, works. Why? Because we choose partners who are emotionally similar to the parents we had trouble with. Because the partners we choose are damaged in the same way that our parents were. We're just not likely to receive any more or any better treatment from our partner than we receive from our parent. But the compulsion to heal is so strong that people unconsciously and compulsively repeat this pattern of choosing partners who continue to damage and disappoint us. So each poor partner choice and each failed relationship pours salt on our original wounds. So then we become more and more injured and scared to try a new relationship, which is what is happening with this woman. Now, put a bookmark in my answer. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to tell you what to do about this problem. Be back with you in a moment. You're listening to Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf. If you yearn to get along better with your life partner or spouse, friends, family members, and even co-workers, Dr. Turndorf's best-selling Hay House book, Kiss Your Fights Goodbye, Dr. Love's 10 Simple Steps to Cooling Conflict and Rekindling Your Relationship, shows you how to turn conflict into connection for a lifetime of lasting love. To find out more, visit AskDrLove.com. Attention, ladies, dryness is canceled. Are you tired of dealing with painful sex due to vaginal dryness? Are you ready to get back on your bike or hit the tennis court with your girlfriends without having to worry about the discomfort caused by dryness? Whether it's menopause-related, medication-related, or something you've just dealt with for so long that you've accepted it as a fact of life, Membracin Life Sciences may be your long-awaited answer. A nutritional supplement taken daily that is completely estrogen-free and clinically studied, Membracin Vitality Pearls have helped over 500,000 women worldwide take their lives back. Just check out the 3,000-plus customer reviews on Amazon. Visit MembraceInLife.com to learn more and use code LOVE for 15% off your first month. Give it 90 days and say goodbye to vaginal dryness. You're listening to Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf. If your heart is still hurting over the bodily loss of your loved one, the reason is simple. We're not meant to be separated from those we love, and reconnecting is the only way to end the grief. 
But reconnecting and staying connected requires guidance. As a gift to her listeners, Dr. Turndorf is offering a limited number of discounted grief relief sessions to help you reestablish your relationship and resolve any unfinished issues. If you're ready to experience the healing and joy of reconnecting, visit AskDrLove.com slash grief relief to schedule your session. But don't wait. Space is limited. Visit AskDrLove.com slash grief relief to find out more. And now, back to Dr. Turndorf. Welcome back to Ask Dr. Love. I'm Dr. Jamie Turndorf, and this is the time in the show where I'm answering your questions. We were speaking just before the break about a woman who was very hot and heavy in the beginning, then she pulled away. She revealed that she had been cheated on financially and sexually, and she asked this man uh, that she was all hot and heavy about, the man who sent me the question, you know, why have you never married? And it was clear she's terrified. And in the previous segment, I explained that we all unconsciously choose people who recreate the wounds we suffered as children with the hope that we'll get a better outcome this time with our partner. And then it will symbolically feel like we're receiving the proper treatment that we never got from our parent. So the problem with the repetition compulsion is because you choose the same type of person over and over again, a person, person who emotionally re resembles the parent who you had trouble with, the parent who injured you, you end up being re-injured and putting salt in the original wound, which makes you more and more afraid to, to come and try a new relationship. So in the case of this woman, she got scared, I think, because she knew on some level, on a pre-conscious level, that her wound was going to make her keep choosing the wrong partner yet again. Now, I want to give you an example of a patient of mine who kept choosing men who dumped her for another woman. And it's a really very cool example of how you can help someone heal the repetition compulsion and move into a new relationship with you. So this woman was so desperate. She kept choosing men who would throw her overboard for another woman. And she was so depressed, she, she tried to commit suicide. And after she got out of the psychiatric hospital, she came to me. And the first thing I said was, you cannot date at all until we unravel your mystery and heal the wound that's fueling your repeated choice of abandoners. So cut to the chase. We uncovered that her mom had another baby when my patient was still a baby herself. So she literally got thrown off her mom's lap. And her repetition compulsion led her to choose men who would throw her away, hoping against hope that these guys would not discard her the way her mom did. But of course, her hope was never fulfilled because she kept choosing abandoners. So she and I worked to heal her original abandonment wound. And she entered a real dark night in which she experienced the original pain and despair. But the good news is that the revisiting of her original wound with me in the present and having me listen and understand and hold her in her original old pain healed her wound. And then she was free of the compulsion to choose yet another abandoner. When the wound heals, the compulsion to keep repeating the pattern over and over again to heal the wound is unnecessary. So she married a devoted husband at this point, and he is anything but an abandoner. So when we identify and heal the original wound, the repetition compulsion is broken. Now, the guy who asked me this question is in the studio live and he chatted and he said to me, should I keep her? Should I keep the relationship? So to come to this question about the woman you're interested in and whether you should keep her, you have to understand that it's you. there's no shoulds here. Do you want to keep her? Whenever you hear yourself saying, I should I or shouldn't I, it's the wrong question to be asking because it's the wrong part of your psyche. You have to ask yourself, do I want to? And if you want to keep her, then I'm going to tell you how you can proceed and have the best fighting chance of having a relationship with her. So first off, you have to understand when she asked you that question, why are you single? 
I think you missed the subtext behind her question. She was saying, I'm scared you're single because something might be wrong with you. And I'm scared you're going to hurt me like all the other ones have. She's waiting and bracing to be screwed over again. So the question she asked you was her tell. She was telling you that she feels the need to protect herself from getting hurt again. Then the scared and wounded little girl in her pulled back. Now, I always say, the highest and most divine purpose of our intimate relationships is to help each other heal our old scars from childhood. Now, I know you might be thinking, well, why, why do I have to bother with all this? Why don't I just pick someone who isn't damaged? But the reality is we're all damaged from our deformative years, and that's no joke. Even the best meaning parents make mistakes and hurt their kids. It's just the human condi condition. So since you said you really care for her and you want to go forward with her, and I think you've invested a lot of emotional energy in her asking me to help you, you could attempt to begin this healing process with her. And to do this, you want to try to get her talking about what's going on inside herself. You might observe that you notice that after a strong beginning, she seems to have gotten cold feet and pulled back. And you might also say aloud that you're wondering if she's scared to trust again because she was hurt in the past. And then you would lean back and see what she says. And if she talks, then you could ask her about what she's afraid might happen with you. How does she fear you might hurt her? And then as the discussions progress, you could get her talking about her original injury who betrayed her in childhood. Now, the sheer act of getting someone to talk and truly listening and understanding what that person says is the healing. Listening and understanding fills the missing gap inside each of us. It provides the listening and the understanding that we never received when we were young. And as we help each other, to put our feelings into words, and we give each other the gift of listening and understanding, we are helping each other to heal. And as we heal, our fears dissipate, and we're no longer feeling driven by the compulsion to keep replaying the original wounds, hoping for that happy ending. So in essence, your listening and your understanding is the happy ending for her. When you listen and understand, and you help another person to heal, that person is free of the repetition compulsion and free to move forward and leap off the ledge of love. So the point to remember is feelings can either be spoken about or acted out. So right now she's acting out her fear by withdrawing and being distant in her behavior. But if we can get her to talk about her fears, then she won't need to put the feelings into withdrawal behavior. So the bottom line is to be relationship material, she has to be able to identify her feelings of fear and talk about them. If she can't do that, then she's not intact enough to have a relationship. So I hope you can get her talking and I hope you can get her healing with your help. And you can read Kiss Your Fights Goodbye where I go into full detail on the repetition compulsion and I explain step-by-step step how to use your relationship to heal each other. Now, I see that the person who sent me this question put something into the chat. We're going to take a break. During the break, I'm going to read what you wrote in the chat, and I will respond when we come back. Attention, ladies and gentlemen. Dryness is canceled. Have the events in your bedroom become less than eventful? Is libido a thing of your past? Enter Membracin Vitality Pearls, the number one selling vaginal moisture supplement. Let's hear what some real customers are saying. Finally, so happy to feel relief from the dryness I was experiencing. 58 years young and so happy to be intimate with my husband again, says Gail. And from Mr. S. I imagine you don't get many reviews from men, but after searching for something, anything that would help with my wife's dryness, we found Membracin. It's been about four months now, and what a difference it has made, not only for her comfort, but also for her libido. We've been enjoying each other almost daily. Don't let dryness and painful sex limit your relationship. Give Membracin Vitality Pearls a try for 90 days. Visit MembracinLife.com for more information and use code LOVE for 15% off your first month. You're listening to Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf. 
If you can't stop crying over the bodily loss of a loved one, Dr. Turndorf's number one international bestseller, Love Never Dies, How to Reconnect and Make Peace with the Deceased, shows you how to toss out the tissues and transform your grief into joy using her groundbreaking Dialoguing with the Departed technique that enables you to reconnect and even heal unfinished business with those in spirit. To find out more, visit AskDrLove.com. And now, back to Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf. Welcome back to Ask Dr. Love. I'm Dr. Jamie Turndorf. We're talking about a question that came in, and the person who asked the question is live in the studio, and you just chatted to me. She said she misses our prior conversations, but it seems that just we can't reconnect. She told me last week that she wants to be friends because she's so busy, but still wants to talk and text. So it sounds like she doesn't want to lose me, but connection to her is difficult. Okay, this is all part of her cover story. The fancy name for all this is called resistance. It, what she is saying to you confirms what I am saying about what's going on with her. She's terrified to allow anyone in close, but she doesn't want to lose you. So my advice to you in the previous segment about how you can begin to talk to her about what she's afraid of, no pressure, you're not pressuring her for anything, is the path to her healing and overcoming her fear. So that's what you want to do. And you will see little by little, it's like when you're dealing with a, an abused dog or cat, you put out your hand and you offer a treat and maybe the person, the cat comes close and then um runs away comes close and runs away but little by little when the person sees that you're not biting his hand he or she starts to stay close come closer and stay closer now i uh am going to answer another question i see someone in the chat asking if i'm only going to take one question but no i am going to be answering another question i emailed this person and said i'm going to answer your question as well and i'm going to get to it right now so Dear Dr. Jamie, I have a girlfriend of 13 years, and I'm wondering if I should break up with her. We're both in our late 30s now. In the 13 years we have lived together for about two years, rest was in different continents. Because of some cultural differences, we can't get married or disclose our marriage to our friends and family. I'm wondering this since I have recently met someone from my own culture. We could get married. She likes me. One problem is that this person is about 11 years younger than me. But I feel ashamed of my feelings for this new girl. I haven't cheated on my girlfriend, but hid my relationship from this new person and keep thinking about my girlfriend. I think that I should break up to make it easier to find another person for my girlfriend, but also think that I'm creating issues for no reason. Please help me identify the bases on which to decide my course of action. Thank you for helping. Okay, so this is a very thoughtful and thoroughly presented explanation of the issue. So first of all, I don't understand when you say, I am creating issues for no reason. Because in fact, it sounds like you do have a serious issue with your girlfriend who you say you can never marry because of cultural differences. Now, I noted that you said cultural rather than religious differences, because this is something that needs to be clarified since I'm not aware of any culture that prevents intercultural marriage. But I do know that there are certain religions, such as the Muslim religion, that that the, the Muslim religion has rules. Um, the Quran contains no explicit prohibition for Muslim women marrying non-Muslim men, but the scholars say that the Quran makes allowances for men, but not for women, meaning Muslim women are pro prohibited from interfaith marriages. So I'm suspecting that that is what we're talking about. Yes, you just chatted to me that that's what it is. It's religious, right? So, so after you said you can't marry each other, you go on to say, well, or you can't disclose your marriage to friends and family. So this last sentence seems contradictory because it sounds like you're saying you could marry, but you'd have to keep the marriage a secret from friends and family. So the bottom line from what you say is your religious disparity is a major problem. Now, the first thing I wonder is why you began what you knew would be a dead end relationship. So is there a part of you that doesn't want to be trapped in a marriage? Does it serve you to be with someone you can't marry? In other words, does the cultural difference provide you with a built in reason why you can't marry? Now, I want to point out to you that 99% of everything we do and say and the choices we make are driven by the unconscious part of the brain. 
and we're not aware of what these forces are. And oftentimes we unconsciously place ourselves in situations that actually serve our deepest unconscious needs. So for example, let's say we're afraid to marry. We might choose to date someone who's unavailable for any number of reasons. So the outside circumstances can cover up the deeper issues, religious, or let's say a commitment phobic chooses to date a married woman. And on the surface, it looks like the only obstacle to forming a committed relationship is the fact that one of the two partners is married. But then let's say the married partner gets divorced. And just when the married partner is free, the commitment phobic breaks off the relationship. See what I mean? So there's always unconscious factors that you have to dive into. All right. Now, the reality here is the woman you're dating is unavailable and you are unavailable to her because of this religious dis disparity. Um, now, my question is, does the arrangement suit you both? Because it's said that no pattern continues unless it meets both partners' needs. So how does being with someone you can't marry serve both your needs? Next, I began to wonder why you feel the need to marry at all. Many couples never marry. Is your girlfriend pressing you for marriage? Because I have the sense that she's fine with the relationship as is. And when it comes to relationship arrangements, there are no rules. There's no right or wrong. If the relationship works for both people as it is, why do anything different? Now, another question to ask yourself is, if there were no what you call religious differences, would you wish to marry her? And would she wish to marry you? Maybe when you examine that last question, you're going to realize that, in fact, even without the, the religious difference, you still wouldn't want to marry each other. On the other hand, if you can say that you would want to marry each other if you didn't have this cultural difference, then why don't you go to bat for the relationship? Are you 100% sure your friends and families wouldn't accept your religious difference? At the very least, why not talk to your friends and family members? Sometimes people think their friends and their family would turn away from them when in fact this doesn't shake out that way. Now, another point to consider is the fact that friends and family are often gonna give in when they realize that you're set on marrying and nothing is gonna stop you. So would your friends and family be willing to lose you? I'm not so sure about that, but you need to clarify that. So at this point, I see you have three choices. Continue as you are and stay unmarried and childless forever. Marry and lose your friends and family if you're right about your fear or end the relationship with your girlfriend so you both can move on to marriages that friends and family will approve of. But before going further, I want you to talk to your girlfriend about what she wants from this relationship. And I'd like you to also share what you want as well. What's the top priority, friends and family? Or does your relationship come above all else? If your relationship comes first, then are you willing to put your relationship ahead of friends and family? And if you're not willing to put your relationship first, and either one or both of you wants marriage and kids, then you know that you have to end the relationship. And by the way, it's not your place to end the relationship so your girlfriend can marry and have kids. If this is what she wants, then it's up to her to make her own move to end it. It's not your job to fall on your own sword on her behalf. If you're happy with the long distance and never marrying and not having kids, then that's what you want. And it's up to your girlfriend to say what she wants or doesn't want. So at this point, you need to do a lot of talking and listening to each other. And through this process, your deepest wishes are going to become clear. And I truly wish you both all the love in this world. Now, you say you want to get married, you want to let your family and friends know, but she wants to stay like this. She wants to be able to take care of her family. Also, my family could accept her, but her family can't accept you. Okay, so then the real issue is you're going to have to talk to her and ask her if she's willing to give you up because you want to get married and your friends and family would be okay with it. And what she's doing is putting her family and friends ahead of you and the relationship. So this becomes a deal breaker if she is unwilling to make this shift, put the relationship first, in which case then you can really exit the relationship with a clear conscience because the relationship doesn't meet your needs. All right, we got we to gotta jump off for, for now, but I'm going to see you next time on Ask Dr. Love. And you are welcome, all of you, and I love being with you in the live studio. See you next time. You've been listening to Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf, brought to you by MembraceInLife.com, the number one vaginal moisture supplement. Sign up for Dr. Jamie's newsletter at AskDrLove.com and receive her meditation audio that will guide you to open your heart and chill out during these stressful times.